I don't know that I'm good at taking sad topics and making them happy, but I'll try. And, you know, All Saints Sunday, we remember the saints. And we're not saints because of how good they were. They're, they're saints because of who they are in Christ. That Christ came into this world on his own accord and gave his life for, for all of us on the cross at Calvary that our sins be forgiven and that we be reconciled back to the Father. They're saints and we are saints because of what Christ did for us. And I think back in my life over all the saints that I have known today and those that have gone home, and the one that I think most about, about the one going home, was my mother. I've told you about the experience um, that I've had with her uh, in her passing. And I've told you, you know, what happened afterwards. I just want to touch on that one more time. And it was like a year after she passed away, we came down to Tybee Island, my family and I did, and, and we didn't realize that the night that we arrived at Tybee Island was the same night that her process of going home had begun. Now, the year prior, my mother was with us at Tybee, and she had suffered many strokes and Alzheimer's and, and other illnesses throughout her life, and, and that year that we saw her sitting there on that beach for the first time ever, her body was, was broken. And you could see that she wasn't healthy. But that night when, when I came back to Tybee with my family, we walked out onto the beach and, and I separated myself from my family for a minute because I, I just wanted to walk off by myself in that area where she once sat. And something inside me kept saying, turn around and look, but I didn't because I was scared that, that if I turned around and looked, that, that I would see the broken body of my mother as I had the year before. But it kept pestering me. And in my mind, something happened. In my heart of hearts, I, I turned, and what I saw in my heart was not my mother broken, but my, brother, my mother made whole. Her body was healthy. Her countenance was glowing. And she spoke of the glory of God. Today's passage of Scripture will be coming from the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 1 through 7. John said, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
to the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today during this portion of the service. And Father, I just ask that you take from me any desire to speak my own will. Center me and help to keep me focused, Father God. Empty me of all of my own. Fill me with your spirit and give us words of hope, comfort, and inspiration on this day as we remember the work that you have done in the lives of those who have gone on before us and honor those that we call saints. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <sighs> Talking about saints is a hard thing to do because when we talk about them, we, we think, start thinking about all the, the old things that we used to do and all the fun we had with them. I can remember growing up on my little dirt road out in the country in Gwinnett County. It was called Spriggs Road, and the, the road was named after my, my grandfather, Todd Spriggs. Now, as you come down the dirt road, it's one way in and one way out. And my house is the, the first house on the right. And then beyond that, at the very end, was an old white farmhouse. And that's where my grandfather lived with a, a little single wide trailer behind it that my aunt and uncle and, and my cousins lived in. And my grandfather had this big, giant oak tree that stood in his front yard. And, and it served many purposes in the time that we grew up. One of the things that it served was, was shade for us during the summertime. We would go down, and we would sit, and we would talk with, with Papa and Granny. And every once in a while, they would break out the old ice cream freezer, and we would sit there and churn. I would like to say that he let us watch him churn, but no, he said, you're young, you need to build some muscle, so we're going to let you churn as we as children learn how to crank up the ice cream machine to make homemade ice cream. We had a wonderful time at my grandfather's house. And then every August under that oak tree, we celebrated his birthday and who we refer to as Aunt Susie, uh, my grandfather's sister. Their birthdays were in the same month. So we, as a family, would come together from all over the state, and some would even come from areas such as Tennessee and Alabama just to celebrate life under that tree. And they were wonderful times that we had. And we continued that tradition until recently. The, the property has now been sold, so, so everybody's kind of grown up and gone their own ways. And it seems like that when the grandparents leave, then, then part of the family seems to break off and you lose that part of life. And then as you grow up and, and you have children of your own and your children are bound together by, by mom and dad and then the, you start having parties and celebrations with them and then you pass away and, and the children break off again. And it seems like everybody's breaking off and, and going off into their own different direction. But what they're really doing is, is God is recreating life in them. See, God's plan for creation didn't just end and begin. It is still in progress. It's not something that is complete as we know it today. I like the way Jesus said it when he was talking to his disciples in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 1 through 6. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, he says. For my Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. 
You know the way to the place that I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how do we know the way? And Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I read those words, and I, I think about life and the way that we live and our expectations of what is to come, and I find such comfort and truth in those words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. You see, he didn't just speak those words to his disciples then. He speaks those words to his disciples today. You see, when we leave this world, I think sometimes the, the, the way we think about death and heaven is very limited. I, I, I think that, that when we have a loved one pass away, that we think just to the next phase of life, to, to what we refer to as heaven, where the spirit is separated from the body. And in that, oftentimes, we, we conjure up the images of us, of us family spirit just floating on the clouds in the presence of God. And we think sometimes that that's all that God has prepared for us, that heaven is nothing more than the next place that we go to when we leave this world. But there's so much more than just that. You see, Jesus said right here in these words that I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I'm going to prepare that place, then I'm coming back for you. So when we leave our earthly bodies, that is not Jesus coming back for us. That is just our bodies wearing out over the natural course of time. Jesus said concerning that uh, on the cross at Calvary, when the, when the thief who were hung, hanging on the cross next to him said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Paul said it this way, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So something happens in our life when we close our eyes on this side of eternity, but that is not all that is to be expected. See, what's happening then and there is this. We are going into what we refer to as heaven, God's dwelling place. It is a temporary state for us as a people, for, for our spirits as they're separated from their body. Because you see, we're still hanging on to what Jesus said, that if I go to build a place for you, I will come back. Jesus is making a declaration there. He's not just telling us some little fantasy or giving us some words of comfort. He's telling us what's happening in life while we're waiting and what he's telling us is that, that I'm coming back for you one day. That you're not just going to, to close your lives and wake up dancing on clouds, separated from your body for eternity, living in the presence of God. But I am preparing a home for you, something that is familiar, something that is comfortable, something that has meaning and purpose. I have not forgotten you, nor have I forgotten your loved ones. They are warm. They are safe. They are cared for. But that time has not just come for Christ to come back into the world. But it is coming. We don't have any scales that, that we can measure the words of Christ against the world words of the world to define that those are true statements. We take that on faith. 
because we know that what God done in the past, he can do again in the future. And he can do in our lives presently here today. Paul said this. He said, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash. In the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. And that says a lot to us about those who have gone on and those who remain. You see, the people that Paul was talking to here in this conversation were having great difficulty understanding and continuing to believe in their faith in God. It was a newfound faith. They didn't have the history of others that we have to rely on. The history was being written in their time so their faith had to be strong and they began to wonder what is happening because we are expecting christ to come back to take us to heaven he hasn't shown up yet what are we going to do has our faith been false paul's response to him is no your faith has not been false your faith has been good your faith has been strong but you must continue in that faith Because only one knows the hour when Christ returns. Only the Father, not even Christ himself, has knowledge of that. But but Paul offering comfort to the people here, saying, you know what, I understand that, that some of your brothers and sisters, some of your mothers and fathers, some of your friends have already passed on from this life, but here is what we want you to understand, that they are not dead, they are asleep. And when we think about that statement, then we can think back to, to Lazarus, the one we talked about, I believe, last week. Remember what happened? Jesus was out doing his job, doing what he was called to do, and a messenger came to him and said, your friend Lazarus is dying. And instead of Jesus rushing to his side, he said, okay, we'll take care of it ultimately. Jesus did not rush to Lazarus' side. He waited two days before leaving, and he knew the outcome. He knew that when he arrived, Lazarus would not be awake on this side of life. And when he arrived, they said, Master, he's been in the grave for four days. Had you only been here. And Jesus implied that the the man is not dead. It's not over. It's not finished. He is merely asleep. And he said his prayer, and he raised his hand, and he called, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the dead man walked out of that tomb because he was not dead. He was asleep. And Christ woke him up. And that is a resemblance of what is going to happen in this world on that day when Christ calls his children home. He's not going to stand before a tomb with a body in it and say, Lazarus, come forth. He's going to stand before the world and the trumpets are going to blast and he's going to call all of his children home. Those who are asleep like Lazarus will rise in their body and live again. And those 
of us who still remain, who have not closed their eyes onto this side of eternity at that time will not suffer death, but we too will be changed into the glorified person that those who have gone before us have awakened into. It is a mystery. And it's hard for us to understand. But it is what the Word of God says. And that is our hope. That is our future. That death has been swallowed up in victory. That is our promise from our Savior. John saw into the future. See, John was being punished because he wouldn't stop preaching the gospel of Christ. They tried to put him to death, but death didn't take. So they banished him to an owl called Patmos. And it was there he saw the mighty vision of all the things to come in the last days. Now what we as Christians have got to, to start understanding is this, that, that the last days is not something to fear, that is not something to worry about, but, but that we as Christians for the last days is something that we should anticipate and live with excitement as we look for. Because it is in the last days of, of the world as we know it that the old creation ceases to exist, but God's creative power doesn't stop because he is always creating. And when we are called from this home, this world, God has promised us a new this is how John saw it. He said, Then I saw a new heaven and earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at the words and hear them, They bring an air of an excitement to me. See, I don't know about you, but I like new things. When the old things start to wear off, I, I get excited about getting the new. Recently, before moving down here, I, I had a bunch of old shoes that, that I used to wear, and I, some of them were really good. I wore some of them for six years, but, but then I started buying new shoes. I got into this shoe thing for a little while, and, and Nisa would harass me, and she would tell me, you can't buy any new shoes because every time an old pair of shoes got to work, it couldn't be worn. The, the, the excitement for that when they were new had worn off, and, and they have no longer served their purpose. They couldn't do what they wanted to do, but oh my goodness, did you see the shiny purple shoe over here? It is just a beautiful, beautiful thing, and then you become excited about that new shoe, and yes, she's down here shaking her head like that because she knows it's true because I was getting so excited about something new, and I think that that's the way it is with us in life. And, and when this transition from the old world to the new that God has promised begins to happen, that's how I see it happening for the Christian, that we become so tired of the world as it is that we are ready 
for that new. I saw that when my mother passed away. She knew that her time was in, and she told us, I love my children, but I love my Jesus more. And it was time for her to make that transition. She didn't enter into that transition with doubt. She didn't enter into that transition with fear. She entered it not with hope, but with confidence because she knew what God had done for her throughout her life. She was convinced in that moment in time that what God said he could do, he would do in that moment of time. She went into eternity with great expectation, letting go of the no old and moving forward into the new. And that's what I think John saw here was this. He knew the condition of the old world, but he looked to heaven and he saw the vision that God gave him of this new heaven and this new earth descending from heaven, a mighty miracle that had to be. And we know that there's a connection between the old and new because John recognized it immediately. If I was to say I want a new car and I go out looking for a car and I see an airplane, I'm not going to make a connection with the airplane to the car. Two different things altogether. But John knew the old world and what it looked like. And when he looked to the new, he recognized the resemblance. He recognized the form, the shape, maybe the culture or the character. But there was something about that new that was continuously with the old. It was not a complete change. And some people put it like this. Some of the the theologians say like this. They say that, that in that time of transition, what God is going to do is he's going to destroy the old world and produce a new one, which that is a viable option. That is something that Scripture can support. Others say this. That God is not going to destroy the old world, but in the creation of the new, he's going to burn off and destroy all those things that are temporal, all those things that cause sin, all those things that are sinful. He's going to remove them from the old world while replacing it with the new. Either way, they both have biblical or scriptural context. Either way, it doesn't matter which way it happens because the end is the same. The old passes away, and behold, it is new, and it is a new world, a new kingdom, and it is a kingdom that is without sin, a kingdom that is without pain, a kingdom that is without sorrow, and it is a kingdom where we do not have to doubt or wonder, is our God real because he is in our midst? That is the future that God has for us. That the life beyond what we know here is not just simply closing our eyes and waking up floating in a spiritual cloud. But that in God's creative power, and his authority over this world where it seems like sometimes that maybe that authority is lost, he is in control. And he knows exactly what he is doing. That God is doing exactly what Jesus said. I am going to prepare a place for you, my children, and I will come back and take you home. We remember the saints that have gone before us. The impact that they had on our lives. 
love that they gave us and the love that we shared with them. Those are times for us to remember. But know with assurance that it is not the last time that we will see them. God said this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Out of nothing, he spoke this entire world into existence. He created man, mammal, the birds of the sky, the moon and the stars. And he filled everything with life. And when man failed, God didn't give up. He offered grace and mercy to each and every one of us that we return to him. And he sent a son into this world for this purpose. Jesus said that I came not that you have life, but you have it more abundantly. See, if we rest assured today that our loved ones are with the Father now, then we can fulfill the words of Christ in our life today. Let go of the old. Hold on to the memories. But let God carry the pain and let God have the sorrow and celebrate every day that we have with the people around us. Make memories, not arguments. Produce joy, not anger. Because we want all of God's children to experience grace and experience joy. So that when our time comes, that we be called the saints that have gone home before us. We leave behind a legacy for others to admire. And we wait, whether asleep or awake, for that moment when Christ cries out, your children come home. So as we close today's service, or the sermon at least for this part, take time to remember the loved ones, but, but live today like it's your last. And know that God is not finished. And that he is still creating something wonderful for all of his saints. 
Father God, we come before you and we thank you for the time that you've given us together today. And Father, we ask that as we prepare to, to leave this place, help us to remember the good things that you've given us in life. Help us to remember those that have gone before us and help us to be confident in your word and in your ability to do the things that you said you were going to do so that in that confidence and in that comfort, we who are still here can live with peace seeking after the things of Christ. Father, I just ask that you be with everyone here today. Pour down your blessings upon them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. May God our Father in Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, peace, and mercy always. Amen.